Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at MichaelCBS4. That's Michael Spencer filling in for Andrew Mason today at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you're looking for a hot tub, there's only really one place to go in town, and that is Hot Tub Outlet in Littleton. And here's the reason why. The supply chains during COVID broke down. And if you walk into almost any hot tub store in town, they're going to tell you you might have to wait eight 12 weeks, maybe even longer. The owner, Tracy, she was way ahead of the curve, and she has two warehouses of hot tubs ready to sell right now. I was just down there, and I saw it. They have 15 different models and truckloads of hot tubs delivered every month. And you know what else is great about Hot Tub Outlet? They are made in the USA. All of their hot tubs made in the U.S., great quality, and the best insulation by far. Got a hot tub outlet in Littleton or hottuboutletdenver.com right now. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Peter McNabb. You can catch him on all of the Avalanche broadcasts. Uh, Peter, I heard you on another radio station today, and <laughs> and honestly, I, I'm being serious. You and I have known each other for a long time. You were awful, so thank you for saving all of the good answers for us. Us. <laughs> yeah, well, I lie on your show, so you know. <laughs> wow, you really, you really had to go there. You really had to follow up with that. Listen, uh, a lot of people are really upset about the Avalanche losing because of the expectations, the way they play during the regular season. But come on, Vegas is really good. It's not the like they lost to a team that stinks, right? No, I mean. This is this was a this was one of those classic, and we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely, I I, I still think that Tampa Bay uh, is a tremendous club. They, they're the reigning Stanley Cup champions. You can go up and down the board with their with their club. They're, they're experienced. They've got guys that you know know how to play well in the playoffs. So I mean, they're I think anybody that plays them is going to be up against. It. But this reminded me so much of the Detroit Colorado big rivalry late 90s early 2000 where it was just the two great hockey clubs and it was going to come down to a player a play a moment uh you know that the ebbs and flows of it the fact that it had a little bit of the old time feel to it the abs win two at home then they lose two at home so you're coming back here for game five and and you're thinking okay it's tied it to what's going on and you know that and i think that you know the games three and four certainly didn't set up a great feeling, but it it forced the Avalanche into making some moves that seemed to work. And you're going into the third period. You know, I, I think the number that I heard the the Avalanche had done it 52 times, gone into the third period, up by two, and had won all 52. So it was a you know there was a lot of things that just were made made this particular playoff series 
a head scratcher. Uh, you know, we, you and I were talking earlier, just things that should have taken it towards the Avalanche. You know, the first goal of the game is supposed to mean something. Five of the six games, the Avalanche, you know, scored the first goal. Having the lead is supposed to mean something. The Avalanche had the lead in all six games at some point. They, ne- they, they were trailing, obviously, but there was a point inside of each game where they had the lead. So, you know, there were just things where you got your hopes up and then they were dashed and then your hopes up. And, you know, after games three and four, when it went so badly, you come home, first 40 minutes of game five, you're pumped. You're thinking, okay, here they come. This is it. This is what we want to see. And then just a couple of mistakes turned it into overtime loss. So um, it, it's just really difficult uh, for everybody. I mean, this, this starts from the top and works it down all the way through. This was... Um, you know, you and I were talking. I, I happen to have been part of what I consider to be the worst loss of all time. So I can, I can certainly feel for these guys uh, because it devastates you. There's, you. You simply don't get over this quickly or easily. Peter, it's Michael Spencer from CBS4. Hey, uh, we were talking about this earlier on the show. There's a lot that needs to be addressed in the offseason in terms of moves that Joe Sackick is going to have to make. When you look at the totality of those, what stands out to you as maybe the most important thing that Joe is going to need to address this offseason? I think everybody is looking towards the expansion draft, and the Avalanche will lose a good player because they got a lot of good players. But to me, it's, the, it's how, do they, how do they get the guys signed that they want to get signed? I mean, that's that it, the, this year... Uh, you know, it's a flat cap, and what that means is that cap, when you're projecting, usually the cap goes up four or five million a year, maybe a little less than that. So this would have been by this point eighty-eight to ninety million dollars, and that's where you're dealing with with your cap. Now you know it's it's eighty-one, and you've got in my mind in order, uh, you got Macar. I mean, you you basically I don't know how you say no to anything that he wants. It used to be in the old days, there was a bridge contract, meaning from your, your three year entry level draft to your first really big contract. There was kind of this bridge of a two or three year deal. Those are gone. Those are the players don't go for those anymore. You know, the McDavid's and Matthews, they they sort of broke. It wasn't them in particular, but that mold was broken when they, when they signed the huge, I mean, huge contracts that they signed when they were very young. And McCarr's right there, and he's going to get, what is, for example, what is the best defenseman in hockey worth? That's what you're going to have to say, because next year he's going to go into that as he's won the rookie of the year. He's going to, I would doubt he wins the Norris. Right. I think Hedman does. But he's going to be first-team all-star, and Hedman's, you know, the same age as, as Matt Duchesne, so is that early 30s, and McCarr's 22. So, you know, you're, you're looking at the, the best defenseman in hockey next year, and how much is that going to be, be worth? And, and if it's, say, say it's 10, 10 million, um, you know, it, it's an idea that he was making one approximately, maybe less than the, with an entry level, but around one. So there's $9 million somehow you got to find. And it, could, it just kind of goes on. And then the one, Grubar, you, you want to sign. And he's, you know, he's earned a, a raise. He's made 3-3. Three, three. And is, does he double that? Binning, you know, Biddington made uh, six for six, six million for six years. And, and I think the Grubar would definitely feel he's in that area, that category. 
Especially because, especially because there aren't a lot of goalies out there, and the guys yeah. who are any good are all are all having off season surgery. Yeah, so I mean, he's sitting in a very good spot for having an absolutely spectacular season. And 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 the one is, you know, that's I think is the hardest one if you're an Avs fan because I don't think anybody has put his signature on a community uh, mm-hmm. in a way that Gabe Landeskog has right here in Colorado, right here in Denver, and. You know, the captain of this hockey club, I mean, he just lit it up. Game one against St. Louis in the playoffs, he gets, you know, goes with Shen after Shen goes after Miko, and the place, I mean, it goes crazy. And there's your leader, there's your captain, there's the guy that everybody follows. So, you know, the, but these are, this is the business of this thing. You know, is there somebody out there that's going to, you know, make Gabe, Gabe an offer? Because Gabe has one responsibility. Now, when you're signing your contract, you go from player to businessman. He's got to take care of his family. His family has to be the number one thing that's his concern. He is certainly going to give the Colorado Avalanche every opportunity to make the right deal. But, you know, all I can do is hope to goodness that that's what happens because it just it would almost be impossible to think of him anywhere else. We are talking with Peter McNabb. You can catch him on all the – avalanche broadcasts on altitude we only have about a minute left so you weren't even able to mention sod and look how great he was in the playoffs and people are saying and honestly i don't disagree you might need to bring in some third liners or fourth liners to to get some grit to maybe compete with vegas out of conversation with john michael lyles today and he said something that is cliche in the hockey world but if you're not a big hockey fan it's a it's a phrase that makes sense you need two lines to get to the playoffs, but you need third and fourth lines to advance in the playoffs. And you can make the case the third and fourth lines for the Avalanche weren't good enough. But we have a minute left, and I want to look ahead. So we're talking about Makar. What is he going to want? And same thing with Grubauer. And obviously Landeskog, do you want to bring back Saad? But you got to look ahead and look in that crystal ball and say, we need to have some money for Nathan McKinnon, too, because yeah. this guy is not taking a hometown discount no. in a couple of years. No, I mean, and nor, nor should he. You know, that they, the Avalanche uh, went out and signed him after he did not have his best year, and they gave him a contract that people said at the time they're overpaying Nathan McKinnon. They said that at the time, absolutely. People's memory can be a little short. But now it's the the best bargain in hockey and you know after a while it's kind of cute but after a while if you're nathan mckinney you get kind of tired of hearing that that you're the best bargain in hockey i mean you're with your peers at various you know charity functions or whatever and and you hear that and no it's he will get paid too so uh you're hoping by that time the cap has you know moved forward move forward considerably but it's all part of what they're going to have to do to keep Try to keep this team together, and you know, and then you look at the fact that you know you win three in a row, first rounds rather comfortably, then you lose uh, three second rounds in really hard ways. This last one being the hardest, as far as you were there for the first four periods. Then you, somehow it went away for eight periods, then it came back for six periods. Like, which team are you? What do you need to do? Where do you need to shore things up? Uh, just a million different you know things to think about uh but not right now you can't i don't think it's it's possible i don't think it's possible to get past the devastation that of losing 
you know, because you just didn't think you were going to. I, I never got that feeling listening to anybody talk, because we can't have personal talks with anybody, but you're just listening and try to, to hear. The players were firmly convinced they were going to win, so this is this is hard. Hey, Peter, I know you uh, work for Altitude. They sign your paycheck. I know you are on Altitude Radio today, but we really appreciate you saving your best stuff for us. Have a great weekend, my friend. <laughs> you <laughs> See you, man. That's the best I got. I'm in trouble. Thank you so much. See you, Pete. Late. Take care, guys. All right, coming up after the break, we're going out live to Pepsi Center. Mike Singer covers the Nuggets for the Denver Post. Joins us next.